So we're going to be looking at lessons learned from Jonah. And I believe that we could probably find a number of ourselves in this. We can find ourselves in, in this in, in a number of ways. And a lot of us have struggled. A lot of us have struggled in doing what God called us to do, what his will is for our life. And we have battled it. We have fought it to the point that we are no longer where uh, we know we should be with God. We are not, um, we're not at all who God called us to be. Why? Because we have ran for so long. I know what it is to run from God. I know exactly what it is to run from God. And I know what it is to be swallowed by a big fish. Now, not literally was I in the belly of a big fish, but that's how I, I felt when, when I was running from God. It's like God allowed me to just uh, be taken almost it was as though his presence had been removed. Even though I was still preaching, I was still teaching I could get nowhere. I felt no growth spiritually. Uh, marriage suffered. Life suffered. All based upon the fact that I was running from God. So I have a question this morning. Who in here, and don't please don't raise your hand if you don't understand the question, but I pray that you can. Who in here honestly has ran from God? What was it like when you were running from God? Pure misery, right? Everywhere you turn, there was conviction. Everywhere you turn, there were issues. And so we, we, we began to run from God. And as we're running, nothing is good enough. Nothing satisfies. So we work harder at work. We gain more money. We, we gain more stuff. And yet that still does not satisfy. We change how we look. But yet that doesn't satisfy. We change who we're married to. And yet that doesn't satisfy. Why? Because we're running. Our true issue with the struggles that we have in this life, most of us are based upon the fact that we have ran from God's purpose in our life. Anybody here ever made a promise to God that you didn't keep? You're still running, aren't you? It's hard. It's hard to deal with, but but here's Jonah. Jonah is a man that God is going to call upon to go to a city that Jonah despises. Because they're so evil and so rotten. And, and how could God love such an evil and rotten people? And Jonah's going to run because Jonah knows the grace of God and how compassionate God is upon stupid people of whom I am chief. And so Jonah's going to run. And folks, there are a lot of you in this room who have been running your entire life from God. So your marriage suffers. Your children suffer. Your job suffers. All because you're running. Jonah chapter 1, if you'll turn there with me, let's stand together as we read from God's word. A lot of you have asked me, what are you preaching out of now? And I will tell you, and it's okay, preachers are allowed to change things from time to time. I've been reading out of the New American Standard Version, and that's what I normally, um, that's what I normally study out of, but I preach out of the New King James uh, a lot of times, and, but uh, I have begun to preach more out of the New American Standard. Um, just That's a choice that I've made, because um, I mainly study out of that anyway, so... Um, 
The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, because their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, so he went down to Joppa, found a ship that was going to Tarshish, paid the fare, and boarded it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. However, the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone below into the stern of the ship and had laid down and fallen sound asleep. So the captain approaching him and said, How is it that you are sleeping? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. And each man said to his mate, Come, let's cast lots so that we may find out on whose account this catastrophe has struck. So they cast lots, and guess where the lot fell? On Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this catastrophe struck us? What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and from what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men became extremely afraid and they said to him, How could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So they said to him, What should we do to you so that the sea will become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. And he said to them, Just pick me up. And hurl me into the sea, then the sea will become calm for you, because I know that on your account of me, this great storm has come upon you. However, the men rowed desperately to return to land, but they could not, because the sea was becoming even stormier against them. Then they cried out to the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us, for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. So, what did they do? They picked Jonah up. And they hurled him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men became extremely afraid of the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord designated a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. Father, I thank you that I don't read this as a fairy tale. I don't read this as something that is folklore. This is true. This happened. This is a historical account of what happened in the life of Jonah. And you gave it to us to point to Christ and his burial, but on the third day he would raise. Father, we see this also as a struggle that is real and could have easily been solved through one simple thing, repentance. Lord God, help us today to see that we need to repent. In Christ's name we pray, amen. <clears throat> so we're going to look at the life of Jonah, and we're going to learn some lessons here. Uh, we're going to get some things done uh, as far as learning how you and I are so much like Jonah, it hurts. And by the time we're done, we're going to say, you know what, I'm tired of being like Jonah, okay? That's going to be the goal for the day. Now, first of all, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, so we know that God has called upon him. He is, he's telling Jonah, listen, Jonah, I have a job for you. There are many in this room who God has given a job to. I have sat and and watched a number of you say, well, I'm going to work in this part of the church, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to start doing this for the Lord. I I felt like God has called me to do this. 
We once had a young man in our church who God felt, or he felt that God was calling him to ministry. When I began to try to mentor him a little bit, the more I mentored him, the angrier his family got. To the point that they said, look, you don't need to be a poor preacher. You need to go and get an education first. Go out and and get your money. And then if you still feel called to ministry, then you can go and do ministry work. Guess what? Sometimes we follow the word of our parents more than we follow the word of God. And what will happen to these people like this? They will be running the rest of their life. They may wind up looking successful. They may be successful, but ultimately they will never be fulfilled because they know their call was from God to the ministry. We have talked to a number of different youth pastor uh, prospects, and the one thing we've all found in common is that they have told God, Lord, we're here in this state, and God, we will follow you wherever you want as long as we're within this many miles of our home. People don't want to move. They don't want to get away from the familiar. They don't want to get away from the easy. They don't want to get away from what they know. It's like they're afraid to go out into a new horizon, do new things. For me, I have never been afraid to move. I've never been afraid to go to new places. I have always looked at it as as, as kind of like a journey. It's neat. It's fun to meet new people. What I'm always afraid of is having to say I was wrong. That's the God-honest truth. My family will sit right here and they will tell you that I struggle with this. I have always struggled with this. And that is how I began to run from God as I refused to admit that I was wrong. God had given me a mission. He had given me in my heart what I was supposed to do. Instead of doing what I wanted to do or what God wanted me to do, I went and did what I wanted to do. And for two and a half years, I ran from God. I ran. Miserable. God's word had come to me and I knew what he'd call me to do, but I refused and I ran. Just as Jonah, but Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Folks, there are a lot of us in this room who are running. We get angry with God when God doesn't do what we think he ought to to do for us or what we want him to do for us. We get really angry, we get upset, we start questioning God. But the truth is, the issue is not with God, the issue is with us. We run. We don't want to be obedient. We don't want to do what God has called us to do. It's too hard. It it, it takes too much of our time. What about me? That becomes the attitude. And and for Jonah, Jonah's issue was, God, how, how in the world do you want me to go down here and talk to these people? They're horrible people. And what we really find out about Jonah is that Jonah is the one who ultimately needed what? Repentance. The people, we're going to find out next week or the next, that, that they listen. But Jonah is the one who has the unrepentant heart. So Jonah gets up to flee, and he went down to Joppa and found a ship that was going to Tarshish. He's doing everything he can to get away from doing what God wants him to do. He is fleeing, he is running. He even paid the fare and boarded it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. He's done everything that he knows to do to run. He's made provision. He's done everything he can. He's paying his way from God. In my running from God, I didn't listen to the counsel of my wife. 
She told me over and over again, Tom, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? This is not what God wants. You know this is what God wants. And I did not listen. I didn't care. I was not going to go back into a deaconship meeting and tell them that I was wrong, and that they, they were also wrong. I didn't mind telling them that they were wrong. My issue was telling them that I was also wrong in the way that I handled it. And so instead of doing that, I left the church and saw it split and barely survive. And my running caused a lot of pain and grief. I went from seeing a family coming to grow closer to the Lord to the father of that family winding up in prison. You can say, well, it wasn't your fault. Yes, it was. Because as the shepherd, I scattered the sheep. What we don't understand is that whenever we run, our running affects every single person in our life. Everyone, in some way or another, is punished due to our disobedience. You understand what I'm saying? Everyone is punished due to our disobedience. The growth of a church, the strength of a church, what could have been a good name in a town, I gave it a bad name. So I went to people that I thought would love me and help me, and I went to the place that I thought was good for my family and almost lost everything that I had, including my family. But this next word I love. If you're a believer, you will love this next word, however. Isn't that a good word to have in the Bible? Here's our testimony of stupidity. And then here's God over here saying, however. David, I'm not sure what you said, but I heard lots of snickering going on back there. So this side is all of the stupidity, the stupidity of life. Over here, this is God saying, however, and now we come to that place. Of, let's keep reading. However, the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the ship was about to break up. God has a way to bring us to a place of facing what we have done. We've got to face it. We've got to own it. All right? Anybody in here had to stand up and own what you've done in the past? It's not a lot of fun, is it? There are some of you who need to go back to your job and own up to this. You know what? I'm a believer, but I haven't acted like it. I'm a believer, but my speech has not been like that. I'm a believer, but the way that I have treated those underneath me have, have, has not been an example of Christ. 
Or maybe you're here today and, and, and you're one of those who have kind of come and gone with your family. You really haven't made the commitment to God with your family and your, your children still aren't saved. They're still not baptized. They're still not following the Lord. And yet you're sitting there going, I don't understand what's going on. It's because you as the man have not answered the call of God. You set the tone. You set the example. Instead, what you have set is, is an example of running from the Lord. No true commitment. But I've got new, good news for you. God can say however into your life. If you will just come and say, here is who I am. Here is what I've done. And you don't have to tell me, I'm just a preacher. And by the way, you can even go to the Catholic Church and tell the priest all you want to, but until you face God face to face, you've done nothing but speak words to a man. However, Jonah's running and God says, I'll deal with this, Jonah. I'm going to cause a great storm to come upon you and upon those in that boat. Jonah was so disconnected from what was happening in the world and what was happening in his life at that moment. He had so disconnected himself from everything that there's a storm. But where do we find Jonah? He's down in the bottom of the boat asleep. He doesn't even care. He's like, whatever. I just know I'm not going to Nineveh. And that's all that matters to me at this point. I'm not going to Nineveh. I have no desire to go to Nineveh. And, and whatever happens, I'm going to sleep. Let these people deal with it. I don't know if they had any of those uh, sleeping magic pills that you have today, but he had done something here. He had disconnected and he was sound asleep. And so what happens? They come down. The captain comes down and says, hey, listen, what are you doing? How can you sleep? Call upon your God. What he was saying is, hey, let conviction do its job. If you have done something to offend your God, let's deal with it now because we're all about to die. Jonah at that moment, he has to know, right? Like that moment, he has to know what's happening, correct? He knows that God has done this. He knows that God is doing, not, not allowing it, God is doing it. A lot of people say, well, you know, God can allow anything. God can do anything, folks. It's not that just God allows things. I'm telling you, God can cause things to happen in your life that you wish they wouldn't have happened because he's trying to get your attention. He loves you enough to, 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 to not only allow but also to cause things to take place. Jonah still doesn't want to come clean, so he says, come let's cast lots so that we may find out on whose account this catastrophe has struck. So they cast lots. And the lot fell on Jonah. You know what Jonah could have done the moment that the captain came down? What could he have done? He could have taken ownership of what was happening. This is me. This is on me. But he didn't want to come clean. He didn't want to come clean yet. So the lot falls on Jonah. And they said, listen, what is the deal here? What's the problem? He says, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Now we don't hear it. They don't write it down. But later on, it tells us there that he told them that he was running from God. Here's what I want you to hear me for this morning. Here's, here's, what, here's what you need to hear. When you and I run from God, everyone 
pays the price. Everyone. Especially when the man of the house runs from God, everyone pays the price. You can do whatever, you can live however, but until you are walking where God wants you to walk and doing what God called you to do, you will never be satisfied. But it simply starts with you admitting, I have not followed God's call. Jonah, like a lot of us, still doesn't want to deal with the truth. So what does he tell them to do? Throw me overboard. I have a question. Why couldn't Jonah just jump overboard? Y'all with me? I mean, why in the world couldn't he just go ahead and just leap on over? Like, you know you're the issue. Go ahead and leave these folks in the boat and just go. He didn't even, when we're running from God, nothing makes sense. Nothing that we do makes sense. Jonah's like, well, y'all throw me over. Maybe he didn't want to commit suicide. I have no idea what he was thinking here. But so they picked him up and they threw him over. At first, they didn't want to, right? They're like, man, we can't do this. That's like murder. We, we can't do this to this poor guy. And finally, the, nothing calmed down. It probably got worse. And the next thing you know, they say, all right, we're going to go grab this guy. And I don't know where he was. Maybe he'd go back down to sleep again. I have no idea. But they pick him up and they chunk him out the boat. And by the way, the moment they chunked him out of the boat, what happened? Verse 15, so they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. It ceased at that moment. Is that not awesome? Maybe not for Jonah, but for everybody else. Everybody else was thankful that he was out of the boat. Can you imagine at that point, man, all of a sudden they've seen the power of God. Even in your worst situation, I want you to know something. God can take what you have absolutely made a mess of and make a message out of it. Isn't that what Toddle always tells us? God can take a mess and make a message. And what he did here, he took Jonah's mess and he brought people that didn't know who God was to faith. Verse 16, and the man, then the men became extremely afraid of the Lord and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. You say, well, how does that faith... Folks, the fear of God is the beginning, right? Isn't that good? Now, for Jonah, he's still not done. I imagine Jonah thought, I'll drown, that'll be it. I'm not going to go to Nineveh. I'd rather drown than go to Nineveh. Right? I would rather drown than go to Nineveh. I'd just rather die than go to Nineveh. And God has a however for Jonah. And the Lord designated a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. How long was Christ in the tomb? On the third day, what did he do? He rose. Three days and three nights, Jonah was in the well. Or in the big fish, not a whale, but a big fish. The Bible says a big fish. 
So what do we do? Well, first we answer God's call. You can't get away from God. Y'all realize that, right? And if you try to run, what's going to follow you? Absolute misery. Did I spell that right? I hope so. It's kind of important. Misery will follow you wherever you go when you run from God. Men, let me tell you what happens when we run from God. You ready? Your marriage suffers. Your marriage suffers. Your children suffer. Why? Because when your marriage suffers, guess who's caught in the middle? Your children. And when your children suffer, your parenting suffers. Because as parents, you want your children to succeed, but they can't succeed because all they ever see at home is the failure of the family. And when the family fails, the child fails. And then we look at the kid and we go, I wish you quit being like your father. And the father goes, I wish you quit being like your mother. But men, listen, if you're running from God, ladies, if you're running from God, you're only hurting everybody. A lot of us think in our minds, well, it's just me. No, it's not. It's everyone else that we hurt. Whatever God has called you to do, Today, I want you to leave that seat, and I want you to come and pass me by, and I want you to come and pray at the, at the, at the ship. <laughs> I mean, could this not be more fitting, right? Could this not be more fitting? And just tell God, Lord, I'm tired of running. I want out of the boat. And if you got to swallow me up by a big fish to straighten me up, God, I don't want to have to do that. I'd rather repent now and start following you. Folks, God can still do good. I had a neighbor who I love dearly. And I miss her. I'm living right where she lived. She had a little white house built in 1944. But my neighbor had struggled for years with following God completely. She said, Brother Tom, I have watched preachers. I've lived here my whole life, and I have watched preachers. Why in the world would I want to follow what some of those preachers have done by being baptized? We celebrated her 90th birthday. How many of you were here for her 90th birthday? Y'all remember that? There were candles. We had, we had a fireman here. And it was awesome. 93 years old. She came to us. And she said, I need to be baptized. I had a whole group of people help me get her baptized. Did you know how scared I was? I wanted to baptize her, but not do her funeral. Okay, <laughs> And by the grace of God, she lived for years to come. Isn't God good that even though she had admitted to running for 93 
years. And she finally said, I'm ready. So what are you running from? What are you scared of? Bring it to God. Father, I thank you for your love and your grace. And Lord, I thank you that you hold us close, even when we're running from you. Father, you still hold us close. The amazing thing is, no matter how far we've ran, to come back to you is simply one step in the opposite direction that we've been running, going back to you. And we find that you are there. Just like the prodigal son, when he comes home, where was the father looking for him? And what did he say to him? This is my son who was lost and has now been found. Some of us in this room are running. We know it. And we need to confess it today. Lord, I trust this to you. In Christ's name I pray.